0: Bradford and Steve. It's time for the best baseball show you're ever going to find on the radio. Well, point, boom, net, net, ball Point Net Netball Net Done. Rob Bradford of WEEI.com and Steve Peralt of the Section 10 Podcast are making the greatest game great again, two hours at a time. We have some pillows. We have some pillows on the dirt. No football, no basketball, no hockey. Just the most entertaining baseball talk you've ever experienced. It's the Live BP Baseball Show. If you hit some man with the ball, then he may run to the pillows with Bradford Perrault on EEI. You know All right,
2: here we go. Live I TV. used to buy my,
3: right my faith and worship.
2: It. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, I've my chance to get, get to swim swim yeah. I'm oh, I to
0: the picture
2: of the a picture that really should have been painted, Steve. I, by the way, I'm Rob Bradford. That's Steve Perrault. This is live EP. Yeah, that was uh, that was
4: tough. I'm just going to say it off the top here because I know everyone's talking about it. When I'm a quote-unquote member of the media, the Red Sox are 0-4. So, mm. I mean, this has to be my fault at this point. This has been absolutely embarrassing. Today was terrible. Today, Like, we, we're in the EEI suite. It's a perfect day. Easy to say that this is the best day for a ball game this season yes. so far. Accurate. here in the third, whatever, week of April. And that was a stinker to end all stinkers. That was terrible. I mean, you have two hits, what, going into the ninth inning, uh, the Red Sox add a run in the ninth that's completely meaningless. Phillips Valdez hates this show. Absolutely hates this it show. Hates his two it. terrible outings have been when we have a show he, coming up.
2: His uh, performances, at least twice now, yeah. have basically eliminated, if you put them together, have eliminated the entire live BP show. Oh,
4: absolutely. The so he despises this show. Uh, he hasn't told us that, but he's told us by his performance on the mound. So. Um, it's international language I know, seriously But he has been I don't want to get on Valdez too much Because he's actually had a really good season Outside of those two outings Everybody knows you can just throw two outings away That's in the rule book somewhere So, unfortunate day today I think early on uh, When we were getting to the ballpark In, I believe, the second inning First or second inning uh The Alex Verdugo play out by the 420 marker in center field. I, I was hearing on the broadcast they were making it sound like he didn't pick up the ball. I think it was just a tough play by Verdugo. A lot of people were saying Jackie would have had that ball. I fully agree. He mm-hmm. makes that catch. It's still a 1 nothing game wait, uh, wait, in the second how, inning. How many? Uh, we haven't had a whole lot of those. Jackie would have made those catches. No, I think yet. this was
2: one of the first ones. You where... know why? Because Kike Hernandez has been playing center field. I, know, I know. So you
4: don't like Verdugo in center?
2: No, I think this is worst position. I yeah. think that I, I've watched him in center field enough where I, he gets. Late jumps in the ball. It's not, he's a good fielder, but he's a better fielder in left field and right field. But listen, let's react. This is, we, I think you and I love these shows Mm. because no matter what happens, what transpires, people love to react and we love to either talk you onto the ledge or off the ledge or whatever you do. But 617 779 7937. And, you know, Steve, I think that we have to, if we're going to take the bullet point from this one, It is going to be Franchi Cordero. It is Franchi Cordero. And and we can maybe talk about the starting pitching, and, and as we said with Will, we're getting to the point now where we can see sort of the weaknesses and the strengths and what they have to do and what they might not have to do. But we're getting a little bit late into April. They've evened off a little bit. Offense has cooled off. Starting pitching hasn't been great. And I, I do want to talk about starting pitching later because I do think this, at the end of the day, this is going to be the thing that he's going to make, the, make or break this team. But today, today is Franchi Cordero day. It is, in the worst way possible. That,
4: yes. that's, that's the worst part because he basically comes up uh, in, what was he, in the eighth spot today. Every time Franchi Cordero came up to the plate, we expected him to strike out. Every time he came up to the plate, he struck out. And it wasn't even close. I know Will mentioned it. Uh, I I finally figured out where the TV was because I love seeing my replays. He misses the ball by a mile. That's the thing that kills me with Franchi. He's not just striking out, you know, battling, fouling some balls off, and then maybe missing here and there. He's missing these pitches by a mile. Uh, He doesn't look confident at the plate at all. He looks lost out there. We're going to talk about his play in the field and Alex Cora kind of bailing him out a little bit earlier uh, in the week. But – yeah, I don't know, man. I, it just his last what? He's o for his last uh, eight now. It looks like he's well, like, one for. Oh my goodness! Yeah, one. Okay, I think he's one
2: for his. I think he's one for his last sixteen with seven strikeouts. This is absolutely.
4: Terrible. Yeah, okay. I'll think, uh, one for his last twenty. I'm thinking like you have the abacus. At, one for his right. last twenty. Okay, one for his last twenty. Oh my goodness, with, with a lot of strikeouts, with a billion strikeouts. So and,
2: and so, this isn't about. And normally, like with Dollback, for instance, you look at this guy he's swung and missed a lot. He hasn't had a great start to the season. Yeah, but. It hasn't been like Franchi. Like I, I am I think I am an expert when it comes to analysis of baseball in April. If if you say so, yes. Yes. And much like I was in spring training when I got everything wrong. But I will say <laughs> this. A couple homers. Is come come this ahead. isn't this isn't like Pedroia in two thousand seven. This isn't like uh, even a doll back now. I watch this guy, Franchi Cordero, and I say he is not ready for major league action right now, which He's is not. by the way. Steve, that At the sta- age of that statement is scary, right? It is because scary. he's twenty six years he's old. He's twenty six
4: years old. He's been in the bigs for a while now. Obviously, he's had injury problems. I mean, the most games he's played in a season is forty, and he's been playing in the in the majors since twenty seventeen. So, when we were talking to Dayton Moore, the big line that stuck out to me is if he can stay healthy, this guy's going to play very well. He he's a freak of an athlete. He can do everything well.
2: Were we talking about a different guy? No, but you know what? Maybe that's the case. But as we sit here right now, for whatever reason, and, you know, listen, I mean, guys guys go through rough patches, but the rough patch, you cannot have a rough patch like he is going through right now at the major league level when your team needs you, when you are being paid major league money and swing and miss at balls like that much. You can't be overmatched like Franchi Cordero is being overmatched. Uh, to a ridiculous level. Right. Also, when there's – There's reinforcements
4: in Worcester. Okay. There are other people waiting their turn, and we keep going. You know, you keep going at this trajectory here, one for his last 20, looking terrible at the plate. Uh, You know, the play in the field the other day, he was quote-unquote in the right position, whatever. He doesn't know how to go back on a ball. He is going to have a lot of heat on him, and he should. He should. This is his moment to actually prove he deserves to be in Major League Baseball, and he's he's failed at it so far this season. Yeah,
2: and if we go back to earlier in the year and where everyone, you know, we're talking about – you know, oh, look at his batting average or whatever it was. I mean, okay, fine. He was going the other way, and I think the the vast majority of his hits were going the other way. There was no semblance of the 489-foot swing yeah. that, you know, we've seen YouTube highlights of. And I, I'll say it again. Like, I believe that it could happen for Franchi Cordero, but as we see here Do you right now. Do you? I, don't. No, well, I don't. Well, well, in fairness, in fairness, right We haven't. This is our first introduction to him. Yeah, it's April, right? No, it's April. But sometimes guys just have to go down and they have to have success. But if you keep going down this road and you keep throwing them out there, this is a guy that is so lost at the plate, and you rely on him to be your left fielder half of the time. And you can't do that. And so, what is the answer? Both you and I were were doing our homework, and we were. doing our research, a lot of and notes doing our, our show prep, in the live BP lab. And when you said, when you said, because the first name that came up, and I screamed at you, I said, mm. and you said Michael Chavis. I said, no, no. Yeah, you yelled. I was like, I relax. Said, it's a Saturday he, afternoon. It's a nice he day. Hits from the right side. <laughs> I know. So I know. so cross him off the list.
4: Okay, and I'm okay. sure he loves to hear that. Chavis well, Chavis has consistently been the odd man out. When it comes I, I to like the
2: you personally, Michael, yeah. but you hit from the right side. Yeah, no, it's and true. Maybe, That's and a fact. There'll be other opportunities for you in the future. We'll okay? see. You hit a home run in Worcester against, target. The, against the exhibition Mets. Yeah. Okay, the next one that you screamed from the top of your leg, you ran down, yelled to the, the, the people who were on their feet for yep. the entire game in anticipation of rowdy the, the miracle at Fenway, miracle <laughs> on Jersey Street, and you said, you said, Jaron Duran, right? Kind of has to be, right? Will was immediately
3: against that
4: one. Will Fleming did not like that idea. Dismissive. Dismissive of it. Jaron Duran, and again, I'm only going off of essentially what I saw this spring training, looks ready. He looks ready to play at the big league level. No one has watched the alternate site video more than you. I'm telling you. He looks ready, and I'm, I'm basing it off of that and spring training. Now, just throw away all the footage of him fielding. And then yes, he looks ready. He looks ready at the plate. His glove obviously needs a little bit of work. Uh, but guess whose glove needs a little bit of work? Franchi Cordero. So oh. this Franchi's done nothing. This is what kills me, Rub. Franchi Cordero has done nothing so far to to prove his point, to prove his case for an everyday left field spot with the Red Sox. Like I and I think a lot of people overrated some of the hits he had earlier in the season. A couple slap singles out to left field. He had the go ahead hit in in Baltimore when when Leon Sandcastle couldn't catch the ball out there. I forget what his name is. One of their top prospects, apparently, even though he looked like trash. So I haven't really—there hasn't been a moment so far where Franchi's really impressed me with anything. And, again, like, throw out those hits. Throw out a couple of the hits he had. I think you're—there's a lot of deception with those hits because at the end of the day, there's no power involved. He's looked okay in the field. I know for the most part he's played the monster well. He had one in the last Evaldi start before this. Where he let the ball, you know, kind of bounce on the warning track, and then he has that play earlier this week. But overall, Franchi Cordero was doing absolutely
2: nothing to help his case as the everyday. Okay, level. so I, let's say I give him credit for some of the hits earlier in the year because there were some times where it was. It was important that he got those hits, and we were hey French Cordero, uh, Andrew Beninten- and He was he was in what low threes right? He actually he oh, got yeah, the sure. average up, no sure, and he was coming bunch up, he was coming up with some some of those hits at key times, and we were looking at oh look at laughing at Andrew Benintendi saying yeah. oh look at that guy Penny well, stunts. Right, <laughs> right, yeah but but here's the thing is that everyone goes through these ups and downs, and we can say it's early in the season. My point which I'll come back to, which is you cannot have that guy have this. Disc- completely overmatched by Major League Pitching. Like, I haven't seen a guy overmatched in a long, long time. This isn't Bobby Dahlback. okay? It's not. And I understand the swing and miss rate is fairly similar. But when Dahlbeck gets up there, we were watching. When Dahlbeck gets up there, sure he grounds out the second, out shortstop at a key time. But you know what? He hit the ball.
4: He hit the ball. He made contact. Also, Bobby's gotten the average up there. I believe last night he was around two seventy five. I'm sure he fell today because everybody fell today besides Verdugo. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just I know we're going to talk about Franchi as we go along here. There's going to be a lot of discussion of what because the Red this Dogs is the do. first
2: roster move, though. No, it is. It right? is, and especially Garrett Richards
4: isn't going anywhere. No, he's but. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that's an unintentional tease. We are going to talk about Garrett Richards later on. But very importantly, we obviously need to lead off with Jeff and Watertown leading us off all the time uh, with the calls. Jeff and Watertown, our guy. How you doing, Jeff?
3: Well, it's a beautiful Not day. I'm doing great. <laughs> it's a, a beautiful big- day. The well, game of baseball's
2: a true winner today, Jeff.
3: Now now the thing is, like I, I was saying to you last week, like I am I am totally back into this team. I'm back into baseball. It feels great. It's been a long time that I've been interested. But there are two times this week where I just feel like I wasn't. First of all, watching, I know you can talk about it more later, but watching Garrett Richards pitch just reminded me of Cam Newton. It's like. like (laughs) He can't get it there. He can't get the ball there, Jeff. (laughs) He can't get the ball there. I mean, a, a 50 foot fastball. I mean, that's Cam Newton esque. And it's like I was having flashbacks. And then the same thing with Franchi Cordera. It's like. You look at these people, and you're like, anybody could go out there and run around and and not catch the ball and swing, you know, swing by a mile, and you know, it's just like, like I'm I'm spoiled. I, you know, there's enough good players on this team. I don't want to see that. (laughs) You know, so yeah, I, I am, you know, I am definitely one of those people that's like. I don't, you know, to me, giving a pen, you know, you know uh, Andrew Benintendi, that doesn't really, like, I, I wasn't counting on him anymore. Wait,
2: but, Jeff, I'll tell you this, yeah. and not to interrupt you, but I just sure, interrupted no. you. Uh, the, I would love to have Andrew Benintendi, to watch Andrew Benintendi play baseball and get up to hit a baseball right mm-hmm. now more... 10 times more than Franchi Cordero. And that's the completely opposite of maybe a week and a half ago. But I, I can't stand watching a guy get up there and knowing that he's going to miss swing and miss by a foot. Like every single time.
3: No, I, I guess my point Rob is like, I don't feel like, Oh, we, we traded Benintendi for this guy. So we have to play him. Like, I don't, I don't have that, that sense. I agree with you. Yeah. He's a, you know, I'd rather see him play, especially in the outfield, but it's just that sense of like, why? Like, I, I'm not, you know, it's not, it's not that big a deal to, you know, to, to, you know, send him down and bring somebody else up. It's not. Well, you know, I think that's, I think,
2: and, and Jeff, honestly, I think that's coming. And we mentioned Jaron yeah. Duran and we can talk more about it, but Danny Santana Will Fleming's right. I mean, Danny yeah, Santana right. is probably going to be the guy.
3: He's yep. probably the guy. And, and just, you know, the, no, there's going to be a lot of pressure tomorrow if, if we play tomorrow, um, you know, because, um you know, if Erod doesn't doesn't come up big, then you know, then we're looking at you know once again Garrett Richards. I I just I don't want to see that guy again. I don't want to watch him pitch again. Like you know, so it's it's just so so tomorrow or you know if it gets postponed and then Tuesday we have you know Erod going at least we you know have a chance. But it's just but again there's three we have three good starters. We have a, good guys in the bullpen. We have you know good guys in the lineup. This team is is, is, is going to be okay. But, you know, we have to address some of these, these issues because there are definitely some gaps here. Jeff, so anyway,
4: thanks for the call. As as yep. always, Jeff, yeah, leading yeah, us off. Jeff. Jeff, Jeff's the best. I think he keeps things in perspective. I don't think he overreacts. I think he has a great perspective. He, he doesn't overreact either way. I think he keeps it real, and I fully agree that my biggest concern, Rob, uh, with this team currently right now is when you have. And shout out to Nick Pavetta. Uh, you know, he should have still he probably should still have a no hitter going right now, <laughs> based off of what happened there in left field with Franchi Cordero. But the three, four, and five starters are averaging, what, five innings a game, maybe a little less. And that's gonna kill your bullpen. And Alex Score is gonna have to get creative, especially if Garrett Whitlock is only pitching every what, three or four days? Yeah. So you're gonna have to get creative with the bullpen that has guys like Austin Bryce and Josh Taylor and Darwinson Hernandez who's been all over the place and that is going to i know you talked about briefly like you know some of the um you know ugly traits of this team that are that are showing themselves here in the second and third week of april that's going to be one over the course of the season that i'm actually very Okay about. so
2: this power rank the ugly traits of this team right yes. now okay That's
4: number 1 for me that it the bullpen's going to get destroyed and that you okay, know Okay so yeah.
2: the starting pitching in which we we kind of knew you're you're running these guys out there you're seeing which ones click and then you're going from there, which is fine. This is how a baseball season works. Especially I in mean, April, yes. 2018, they ran through 11 starters. So yeah. we, we get it. So, all right, we knew that was coming. The other one, you've got to figure out the best way to get to Matt Barnes. And I know Ottavina was better yesterday. To get to save situation to Matt Barnes. To get to save situation Matt <laughs> Barnes. And right now... Darwins and Hernandez is not that guy. He's and the and guy. I know that, he, that Cora doesn't have a lot of options. Josh Taylor pitched again today. Eh, okay, whatever. He pitched a little bit better. But still, to me, that's a huge concern. And then number three is Francie Cordero. And I know we're nitpicking, but this is, listen, I mean, this is what the reality of this team is right now. They reached this point where we think they are going to be in it. We think, I think you you and I both think they are the best team in the division, correct? Yes, I said that very okay, confidently. you like, like, no, yes. and gums are
4: bleeding. And no, no, like, I'm like, yeah, I think, those words. I think. Um, Who's better? That's the thing. It's that it's not that – it doesn't seem to be that powerful a division, especially if the no, Blue Jays are going to be a 500 team. Yeah. So but I know, they're I, the best team in baseball. No, right? I know. They're, well, I mean, they still had the most wins in the American League heading into today, and obviously the Oakland A's did a great job of uh, uh, taking that from them. But, now, I, I look at this Red Sox team right now, and I know we talk about Franchi Cordero, but – That continues to be my biggest concern. Ooh,
2: that's number one on the power ranking.
4: It is because that's going to hurt you over the course of a season. Like, if you have your three, four, and five starters, especially – your boy, Perez Day. I know you love him, and you always tweet, like, it's Perez Day. And I'm yeah, like, Bradford, yeah. relax. I always have to tell you to calm down with the Perez Day I stuff. Have, but that was I, a rough start. I have
2: night. my Perez Day t-shirts right next to my panda I told you, see, because I've been doing
4: up. this media thing for a while, so I told you you can't wear that in the media area no. or else they're going to lose their mind. You can't be a fan there. So I <laughs> Perez Day yesterday was rough. And, again, then you're going to be in a situation where – Garrett Whitlock, and I I saw Red Sox stats. I'm going to mention Red Sox stats every single show that we do. That's good. Because I love Red Sox stats. They deserve to be mentioned. Or he
2: deserves. Brought up. But, yeah, it
4: could be he or she. I still don't know. I think he, but we'll see. Uh, Brought up a point that I kind of agree with while also disagreeing with because they're going to be cornered. Pairing Garrett Whitlock with the starter. So pairing him with one of these, probably not Pavetta, if you can hope that Pavetta goes longer into games, pairing him with a Martin Perez or, more importantly, a Garrett Richards, uh, who's been just awful as well. So
2: here's what I would say. Is that if you're going to do that, then just start him. Just, just start Yeah, because then he might, he's basically a starter that comes I mean, in before you. If you're going to be the guy who comes in after the opener or whatever you want to call it, start games now, though. No, no, I'm saying, but, it, Eventually. but start putting that in your mind yeah. that, okay, you have the, the, the starting depth, and this is all about solving the problems. Tanner Houck, good, good option, right? Mm-hmm. Garrett Whitlock, and if you're not going to use Garrett Whitlock as that guy to get the Barnes. Dude, either or, man, Don't I don't want to see the four days between appearances for Garrett Whitlock anymore. Yeah. If you do that,
4: then start him. But isn't that the only point of why they're doing that? Like I, I know they're stretching him out, but if you're only going to use your best reliever every third or fourth day with a bullpen that is going to slowly continue to become more exposed as we go along here, you're kind of cornering yourself. I, I, right? I,
2: I think that it's a combination. Like Cora mentioned, and he didn't mention anything about worrying about Tommy John surgery coming off of that. But I have to think that's in you the think back he's factoring that in. But yeah, I think so. And but he was mentioning how that they need a long man, so they have you know Phil Valdez or Matt. But they always need somebody. You know why they need somebody? Because they have Martin <laughs> Perez. Because <laughs> the starters can't get you oh into the sixth God. inning.
4: So let's, anyways, let's go to Coop Cooper and Hanson. Coop and Hanson. Coop, what's going on, Coop?
5: How's it going, boys? It's um, not going great. That
2: game stunk, Coop.
4: I know you, you watched it. Do you agree,
5: it Cooper? Did. That
2: do you agree, Cooper? That Phil uh, Phil Valdez hates this show.
5: I don't know if it's the show in particular, or maybe one of the two of you. I think that's something you, <laughs> you need to decide.
2: It's, it did. It was maybe a little strange that he gazed up, up in my time. direction. I know. Yes.
4: Literally, he plunked a guy and then looked up at us and was just like, "I'm looking at <laughs> okay. you." But anyway, Coop, what's going on? What, what's your main
5: points? Yeah, so they're always good. They're always good. I, I, I want to bring in the good vibes. I knew yes. going into the show that we were going to be nitpicky as the you esteemed journalists do at W E V I. But I wanted to bring some of the good vibes. And I, I you know, the pitching is, as to quote uh, what Dennis Green of the Cardinals, they are what we thought they were. And they're, if you look at their stats, they're about, I mean, at best their average for team stats compared to like the rest of the league. So you can't be too upset with that. But the main point is Bobby Dalbeck starting to get in the groove. Uh, over the last seven games, he's batting, I think, 381, so just below 400. He's, Cooper, he's get, he's getting Cooper I
4: love
2: you, man. I love Groove. you. He went 0 for 3 today. <laughs> I know. I, no,
4: Coop, are, today Coop, no, it's a valid point. I, overall, overall, Bobby has gotten the average up to the 270-280 range before today's game. I, overall, it's not before a terrible day, take, yeah. Rob.
5: Anyway, continue. Not, and, and like, Listen, if last week we were talking about, or like two weeks ago we were talking about how Bobby needs to get his game up, He's yes. finally doing that. He's contributing to like that lineup, which, by the way, if you take away your top three hitters, uh, Xander, J.D., and uh, Verdugo right now, the rest of the team isn't looking that great. So to finally see some uh, contribution from Dahlbeck, I think that's more than you can ask for.
2: I'm not worried about Bobby Dahlbeck.
4: Here's here's one, no. one, gripe, one gripe I have with you, Coop. Um, and I have a question no. for you after this because I was stunned that you got one of those Patriots State jerseys. So I... I don't understand how we can fully commit to Bobby. And I I love Bobby, friend of the program, friend of every program. I don't understand how we can fully say that he's really hitting a groove if it's the, what, we're getting near the end of April here and we have no home runs for a guy that we projected to be in the 30s. Now, it's obviously crushing Bobby more than anybody else. And he wants to get in that groove. And you can throw the, the blanket excuse of like, oh, once it gets warmer out, they'll all start hitting home runs. Yeah, maybe that's the case but I want to reserve Bobby getting into a groove until he's actually hitting some dingers, no?
5: So I, that's like, because <laughs> the whole thing with baseball right now is it's strikeouts and home runs. That's what everyone's talking about. Yeah. And if I can get a hitter in that lineup, specifically in the bottom of that lineup, to just get on base, that is all I'm asking for, because A, it's going to be exciting baseball, and B, if he can stay on base by the time you get back around to the top of that lineup, you're going to see something happen.
4: Eventually, yes, and the Red Sox have the highest batting average in Major League Baseball right now, so it's not like you know this offense is costing them games, even though this week, for the most part, they haven't been putting up any huge numbers. I know Patriots Day was, what, 11 runs, and they were all over Giolito. But, um, but anyway, Coop, my question for you. So did
5: you get a free Patriots Day jersey? What was up with that? I got a free uh, – and I don't know if you've seen the prices on the authentic yeah, ones. Yeah, they're so like they four fifty. Yeah. Yeah, I – MLB just did like a one of their random sweepstakes, like just like throw a comment and a like on this tweet, and we'll get you a uh, one of those jerseys. And I was like, why not? Tweet ended up blowing up, and naturally I just got it. Cooper,
2: listen, I'm going to tell the real story. The real story is the Red Sox contact you said. We'll give you this jersey if you say nice things about Bobby Dollback <laughs> after he goes over three.
5: Right? We will give hey, you this five hundred dollar jersey. If I have to make it in this social media world, I'm gonna sell my soul. All right. Uh, I
4: know. And Coop, let me tell you. And this is a, a parting compliment here, which I'm not gonna make a common thing with all the callers. But you're my boy. Uh, you keep going at this pace and you're gonna be you're gonna be in that influencer realm I'm telling you right now your tweets are great mm. consistently good content that's why I thought coop was getting a influencer jersey and I was like where's my all that's all missing is the orange square exactly well, I mean, the, but the
5: package <laughs> I was not expecting that packaging and everything you you had your name nice on it it was it that? was it yeah. was nice
4: but um but yeah coop your parting take what do you got
5: uh, parting take. I mean, social media, at Coop underscore All right, Coop. All
4: right, Coop. All right, Coop. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Hold, right, on. hold on.
5: Co- <laughs> Cooper, thanks for the
2: call. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the call. <laughs> like Steve did not want to part ways with Cooper. Uh, before, That's my guy. Before we want. go to the top of the hour break, we got to break a little bit. Uh, Wally and Fall River. What's going on, Wally? Wally, the Green Monster. What's up?
5: Well, what's up, guy? Now, Rob, do you really think this team is in contention? I mean, as far as the division goes, I mean, uh, you know what the de- Well, it's a long way to the deadline. But you know Toronto and the Yankees are going to make moves. But uh, as far as the Red Sox go, I mean they're playing a little bit over. It's only 23 games into the season. They're playing a little over their head. I mean you look at the bottom of the order. Every time you look, they're 0 2. But uh, uh, as far as Carl, we're rotating guys. I mean you got to keep Verdugo in the lineup. We know Frenchy's going to be gone. He's no. Willie Mays out in the outfield, but uh, you're going to have to do something with him. What do you like? You said what do you call up Santana? But uh, I just don't see them maybe fighting for a second wild card or something. I just don't see them late in the season being a threat.
4: Well, Wally, Wally, thanks for the call. Thanks for the <laughs> yeah, call. Almost I, you almost there. got me there. Uh, yeah.
2: But I, I would say this is that it, you know we have to be realistic about the situation, and the realistic take on the situation is to Steve's point. I don't think the division is that good. It's it's really not that great. The Yankees great. Well, aren't nearly on. as good as
4: people. Well, the thought Yankees think, um, but no, I, I think overall, I don't know why he's assuming the
2: Blue Jays are going to make moves. The Blue Jays at the deadline, when have they ever made moves? Didn't they make? Well, they made their moves in the offseason. Yeah, right? I mean they're the one team you see them like they're a good team. They could be a really good team. Yeah. that's fine. I mean, but are they that much of a better team or a better team at all than what you've seen from the Red Sox? I think when you look at the Red Sox, all these teams are flawed. The Red Sox. As we did with our exercise before, the power rankings of nitpicking. Yeah. Um, I do think that you, uh, despite you putting Franchi at the top of the list, starting pitching. I had the, I had the bullpen. You put Franchi at the top of oh, the list. Oh, I did? Didn't. No, I didn't. What did you I put
4: him at number three. Okay. I'm just yeah. saying the concern of like wearing out the bullpens. my top
2: right Yeah, round. Well, I guess it's, it's one and the same. The starting pitching, you have to figure out who is going to contribute yeah. and who isn't, and then go from there. And, and that's what April's for. Like, everyone doesn't want to see Garrett Richards again. Sorry, you're going to see Garrett Richards again. Sorry, yeah. it's oh, Steve Perrault. No,
4: no. I, I'm in the same boat here. The amount of people on this program. That have called in and made the easy, obnoxious, stupid take of, oh, Tanner Houck could easily just come up and start right. Get rid of Richards. So I'm, I'm sick of seeing that. I think I mentioned on Live BP60. I'm like, just stop saying that. You Great, can't say you. that. It's an incredible segment on the pregame show before every series on here, uh, here on WEI. But I just, I can't do it, Rob. I can't do the whole, um, you know, Tanner like the obvious like, oh, just put Tanner Houck in there. That's not how it works. Now, I do want to ask you, and maybe we do this after the break. Yeah, this, this, this is a professional tease. All we right, we're right, I'm going to ask a very important question about Garrett Richards after the break. All
2: right, this is a live BP show, 617-779-7937. The Red Sox have elicited all kinds of passion from all kinds of people in this dud of a game, an 8-2 loss. But we are talking about all the way up until 6 o'clock. Steve Peral of Section 10 Podcast and Bleacher Report. I'm Rob Bradford. Be back right after this.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone Bradfoe and Steve, Bradfoe and Steve, Bradfall and Steve! It's time for the best baseball show you're ever gonna find on the radio. Ball point, ball net, net ball, net done. Rob Bradford of WEEI.com and Steve Peralta of the Session Ten Podcast are making the greatest game great again, two hours at a time. We have some pillows. We have some pillows on the dirt. No football. No basketball. No hockey. Just the most entertaining baseball talk you've ever experienced. It's the Live BP Baseball Show. If you hit a man with the ball, then he may run to the pillow. With Bradford Peralt on EEI. 0
3: you 1 know the pitch.
2: Alright, we're back. Live BP. Fenway Park.
3: I Peralt.
2: Please yes. report. Section 10 podcast. I brought Bradford. And uh, after a big Red Sox 8 2 loss to the Seattle Mariners, the high flying Seattle Mariners. Uh, You were going to do a professional tease, Steve.
4: Yes, I had a professional tease. Uh, A lot of times in the past, I feel like I've teased these and I haven't actually gone on to say the thing. So I'm really growing as a a radio personality here. Rob, my question for you, and we had alluded to it before the break here, but Garrett Richards has been up and down. People saying, you know, the two starts before the last one weren't that bad. His control was still not great. His body language stinks. His last outing was one of the most annoying outings I've ever watched in my life as a Boston Red Sox fan. How long is the leash for one Garrett Richards? I understand the contract and all that, but at what point – can myself and other people stop saying now? Hold up, ten million dollars. What point can that <laughs> stop being a thing? Because like, well, let's put,
2: put put yourself in his shoes. Yeah, you're getting paid ten million. Getting the bank regardless. I mean, which is oh, I would love that. It's a great deal I have. But, at the But EI you here. say, hey, listen, give me. Uh, he said he's going to make thirty-seven starts or whatever he said at the beginning of the when year. When did he so. say that? He, no, said he, said, <laughs> he said that after the first. No, he said that after the first game he that he was, told was, us he's going to make forty was, starts. That was like the the the. the the flurry of I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. This happened, that happened, this happened, and so and he's partly right. You know, you it's the season isn't a mar- It's it isn't a marathon. Yeah, it's something mar- like that. It's it's it's, 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 it's too, not a marathon. It's, at the walk. Mar- it's a two marathons. It's two marathons. It's a couple of sprints. It's marathon, two marathons. Marathon, okay. Yeah, yeah. So so you give him at least a couple more times. You get into May. You see where you're at. The and this is the same thing, by the way, with your boy Martin Perez. Yeah, your boy. I know you got the shirts. For Perez. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's make this clear. Now I'm getting a little uncomfortable that people actually think I like it. I said those shirts. I don't think those, anyone thinks that Perez you like Those Perez Day him. shirts. And, and Rob... my apologies. I, the guy, um, our social media director. What, Nate? Nate, yeah, I apologize to Nate because Nate seems like. Nate, he's, by the way, that's a hell of a title you just got right there. Our social he, media director. He's, he's at the vanguard of the <laughs> Perez Day T-shirts and the Perez Day and everything else because I think Perez, Martín Perez, retweets him a Nate's lot. Nate's been the MVP of the season. Okay, but my my thing is is like those are gonna those that's the most ill-advised T-shirt of all time. But can we get back to the point of Gary? Yes, hold yeah. on. Yeah, uh, let me let me just say this okay. about Martín Perez. Yes, you give Martín Perez a chance, like in. Two thousand nineteen through the first eight his first eight starts he had like a low two ERA. Mm. Obviously with Garrett Richards it's flip flop. But you give him you run him out there, you see what's happening, you get him to some warm weather where he's not gonna need the jackets and you oh go from God. there. So okay, so that's gonna answer your question. You give him, let's say, three or four more starts. The thing I want to talk about Garrett Richards was what happened this week with the jacket thing. The yeah. jacket comment. Yeah. I don't have nearly the problem with that comment because of like if you put it in context i don't have nearly the problem as after the first start and we talked about this after the first start it was like you're basically checking a box of what not to all say all the cliche things that you should say i don't say. have a the, the whole jacket thing whatever i mean i know that a lot of people on talk radio and our station and other stations and online and everything else and and we posted it as a, as a blog but I don't have nearly the problem with it. It's to say, listen, okay, you know what? This ride this out a little bit with Garrett Richards. Maybe after a start when he's not good, he's going to understand this is how you approach that. Maybe he understands his release point better. Maybe this, maybe that. Do you agree or no? I, I do agree. I'm trying to find the exact quote because every time I
4: read the jacket quote, I uh, I kind of lose my mind a little bit. And now this is Garrett Richards, who is a live BP alumni. So I I don't want to be – uh, you know, destroying them too much. But when we saw we were uh, recording section ten, and we saw these jacket comments come out, and I just don't understand in any scenario why that would even come up at
2: any point. Well, right? Be, no, because he was asked. What was the question? Is the, it you, the, you, you, the, is the, it que- cold here? Yes. The, the, the question was, oh, how? T- I'm paraphrasing, but oh, it's really cold. How do you deal with the cold? Which, by the way, should not even even been asked. Yeah. Like, that who question, cares? That question kind of like it's uh, you know what? I could say that about. You know, uh, we had Sawamura on earlier. That's a better question for him, to be perfectly honest with you. Because all he did was play in domes. Yeah, he, so, his whole career. So, okay, you, you asked this guy the question, and then he said, hey, you know what, I didn't even pack a jacket. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, whatever, man. I didn't even pack a jacket
4: for a season until this year, so I'm going on my ninth, almost tenth year. So, yeah, you know, it's something different, but it's nothing that can't be dealt with. I just got to make adjustments. You know, I'm not making excuses. I just got to make adjustments so, and figure it so, out. I think there was a lot of times, though, Rob, yes. That pitchers, Ooh, players, like that. whatever, can say I'm not making excuses. Oh, don't. But, ever, yeah, yeah. Don't ever do. But that. here comes the excuse. So but he I, said not. Make- I know the jacket was before the not making excuses. <laughs> does, does it matter the order? If it's before or after, maybe it's a little <laughs> the, different. I, the,
2: the, the, I'm not making excuses for the guy who said he's not making excuses. Nah, I think it sounds it's, like you are. I, I think it's somewhere in between. All I'm saying is that. Okay. Of the quotes, of the Garrett Richards quotes, the one that I'm not getting riled up over, over the other one, I'm getting riled up over the first time. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Well, I, I
4: just think overall, I I think the body language Richards has had on the mound has been terrible. Um, he's, I mean, his release point is all over the place, and that that's just a sign of a guy that a isn't comfortable, you know, with his with his wind up with any of that. And B doesn't know where he's throwing the ball. He was all over the map. He threw 50% balls in his last outing. This that is, can't happen. And,
2: and this is what makes me uncomfortable about how they approach this starting staff. Like, I give them I give them a ton of credit for, for Pavetta. No question about it. Oh, right yeah. Now, no, they say, already won the trade. But, Nothing else could happen the but rest of the year. It, it is, but it is the whole we think he can do this mentality, which Martin Perez, by the way, is – the guy they're putting on the billboard for this. We think that he's going we to think be we this, can. We think even we can. though he is actually this. Yeah. Garrett Richards is right next to him on that billboard. He is. Garrett Richards, if you go back, they put him in the bullpen last year in San Diego. Yeah,
4: it's not a great sign. No, and no, you yeah. gave
2: him $10 million. We, we could be at the
4: point, Rob, and this could happen sooner rather than later. Now, whatever. You can keep your rotation in whatever or- order you want. Cora can do that, but – there's a damn good chance by the end of May, Nick Pavetta is the second best pitcher you have on this on this staff. And it could happen. I don't think that's that crazy. I think I think it could go Erod, Pavetta, Eovaldi, and and down the list. By the way,
2: up. by the the other thing I like about Pavetta, well, there's a couple of things. He moves. Oh, wow. Well, he, he goes. goes oh, but, well, he works too. I I, I, was, I was I was I was talking to a scout the other day. Oh, wow. And <laughs> um and we were like saying I don't remember seeing a major league pitcher do what he did the other night in the sense of. Getting a ball back and basically, like, standing in the pitching position, like, almost like why he's catching the ball. There's no
4: wasted time in Nick Pavetta's no. windup or his whole approach, which I love. But
2: I also love, like, his fiery Attitude, yeah. This he is gets which is fired up. which is everyone wants to hear after the Red Sox lost eight two and Franchi Cordero no, I mean, struck out is, a million times. This is the
4: live BP show. Normally, our Saturday one when we have a Saturday one is going to be a little bit of a recap of the week, right? Like it's not all going to be about a boring eight to two loss to the Seattle Mariners that has their seventeen and record pro- seventeen and ten record projection looking t- kind of rough right now. Um, but we're going to go back to the callers, Paul and Westfield. You have been waiting. You have some Glad good news, it. bad news. Paul. Oh, look at that.
5: Yes,
3: yes, go get that. What's going on, guys? Wally, what's up, man? Bradford, as you would say to me 10 Uh, years ago. We try
2: again. We try. If he's not there, then can we try another one? Tucker in the truck? Tucker in the truck. Can we effort Tucker in the truck?
0: Hey, guys, how you doing no, today? No, no, all. We, we tried our all right, artists. That's,
2: that's okay. Keep keep calling, 617-779-7937, and for no other reason, you get to hear your name said on the radio. I know, exactly. Call up so that we can say your name as we go along here, which
4: is really all that really matters. Uh, I saw Alex Cora have a proposed – now, this is completely random off of what we were just talking about. Oh, the extra inning thing? I saw – yeah, so what were your thoughts on that? That you have – I believe if I believe he said the 10th inning – guy on second base uh with no with no outs obviously start the inning with a guy on second base so the normal rule that you have right now I believe the 11th inning was first and second and then the 12th inning was uh bases loaded with one out with one out okay yes. which I actually think is good cuz if you just do bases loaded and have somebody come out of the pen with no outs it's like you're you're trying to screw this game up um but what were your thoughts on that overall cuz I actually I like it a lot even though like right now the current extra innings rule Totally works. It totally works. Now, well,
2: that's just taken to another. I love it. I love. Like I said before, I love it. when you get to extra innings. Right now, you're like, okay. Let's you're go. You're ready. I'm let's on the edge go. of my seat when it right, starts. Right. Isn't that the point? I mean, this is like usually when you get to extra innings, you're like, oh my god, really? Yeah. I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> I got to go to bed. Yeah. Like, I, like oh, this could go like uh, three more hours. But the extra innings, like, okay, let's go. Mm. Are they going to bunt? Aren't they going to bunt? What's going to happen? Strategy oh man, and urgency. As one, Ron Bradford yes, once urgency. said, that's what you need
4: uh, to make the extra innings rule work.
2: But, yeah. So, but there was. This week was, you know, and they've had a lot of extra inning games. and, and See, it feels like they've had the most in baseball. I so not actually So, right. the other night, the most recent extra inning game, and this goes back to this is a full cycle to what we were talking about, nitpicking this team, and, and especially after today's 8-2 loss, what's wrong with it, where do they have to improve? Okay, I'll put in my power rankings, number one, starting pitching. Yeah. I'll do that, Steve. Yeah, that's fine. And, but I do think that they have answers. I do think that you talk about Tanner Houck. Um, who knows? Connor Seabold, who knows? You obviously – What's the real timetable on Chris Sale. What, what, oh, Con- who, Connor Seabold? We've seen him pitch on alternate site. I mean, you've got to see the guy pitch a little bit. Yeah, true. But, uh, and then, you know, thou who shall not be named, Chris Sale – you know, he, he he also is sitting there.
4: I don't know about not being named. I hear a new Chris Sale report every five seconds. What's, what do you
2: want to know about Chris Sale?
4: I don't want to know anything about Chris Sale. I, I, if I could just know right now, if you could just tell us right now when Chris Sale was actually going to return this year, I would be so happy because you know what people don't care about? He's throwing from 60 feet. Right. He's throwing from 70 feet. Okay. No one cares. Here we go. July seventeenth. All right, you got that. Yes. My guess is August. July my guess is around my my b day. A little August thirteenth action. July seventeenth. Okay, so that's your prediction. Yes, we're going to put our predictions in right now. I have August thirteenth. You have July seventeenth. We'll see if they actually pan out. What What do you have? August thirteenth. All right. That's, yeah. You're probably going to be closer. Oh, I'm definitely going to be closer uh, because right. every single report that comes out, it's like no, I he's think, doing uh, this, uh, he's doing that. It's uh, like I just let me know when he's potentially going to be the back. Weird, that's all. The, I care the
2: weird thing with, with Sale it's not really that weird. Is that you know, typically with Tommy John, you say conservatively it's going to be a year. Well, it's been a year. It's, yeah, it has been. Over I was going to yeah, yeah. But here's what happened after my uh, my backfield bleacher sit down with him. I revealed this: is that his neck thing? He yeah. had this neck thing, which I guess was a serious thing. So that was the non-arm
4: related. thing It was like they were talking two
2: about. months, a month and a half of of you lost time. That honestly and feels then like one COVID. of the worst
4: injuries you could have as a starter: a neck issue.
2: Yeah, and it was yeah. So anyway, then he had COVID. So anyway, but. What I was going to say, sure, starting pitching is at the top of the list, but the Darwins and Hernandez thing and getting to uh, getting to Barnes is the other thing I have. I, I don't know if you feel the same way. Please tell me you feel the same way. Well, I already said that my top, top
4: concern is is worried about so we the, have the, same the bullpen top getting worn
2: out, but different versions of it. Oh, really? Are you
4: worried at all? Because here's the deal. Now, this is we've seen a lot of Maddie. – I'm used to call them Maddie backpacks. We've seen a lot of Maddie Barnes so far – Uh, this season, and he's been for the most part dominant. No earned runs in closer situations, which is what you want to see from your closer. But I, if we're just gonna do a vibe thing, if we're gonna do a body language thing, how I feel at home on my couch watching Matt Barnes whenever he comes in, I still am not able. Well,
2: it's because you watched last night's game.
4: No, I know, but I'm I'm just taking overall. He's still even in the the outing before that. He was kind of he got a couple calls that were borderline. He's still doing that lean in, look at the ump thing, even though it was absolutely a ball. I can't say I'm 100% comfortable and trustworthy of Matt Barnes in the closing situations yet, even though he has a zero-close ERA. But what is your opinion uh, when Barnes comes in? And you can factor in non-closer positions, because that's actually where he's been the worst. So, overall, do you think, yes, this guy, midsummer, I, I, he's going to be dealing. He's going to be one of the best I, I, closers
2: in baseball. I've seen a lot of closers in my time. Yes, in my old. day, yeah. Uh, and right now, he has the image of a closer. That's fine. Like, he, and he, he's been more aggressive this year. He's attacking the zone more. He's, throw, he's basically saying he's taking the little league mentality. I'm throwing it down the plate, try to hit it. Yeah, I got, the, I got fielders they, behind oh, me. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, although, although he is a uh, rarity. If you look at, like, first pitch strikes, holy mackerel. Like it's like he was really good. He threw the first seventeen batters he f- he faced were first pitch strikes. Yeah, but some of these other guys, Darwin's and Hernandez, oh not God. good. And that co- brings me back to my biggest concern. Okay, you have Ottavino. I think that he's okay. Yeah, I think he'll be you know, he'll be good I'm one least time. worried
4: Between Darwin's and Richards and Ottavino, I'm least worried about Ottavino. Oh yeah, of those yeah,
2: yeah. But and, still, they've all had walk ins. So issues. Okay, it's not like. And here's the here's your overall point for your Boston Red Sox is that you have enough pieces, yes. right? That's, that's which Last night, I don't know if you know this, Steve, they didn't have enough pieces. Wait, wait, what, are you, what are you talking about? They, barely, they were this close. Oh, you though, win, you have enough pieces, Even Rob. though friend of the show, Pat Light, predicted a World Series championship, <laughs> we now know that they didn't have enough pieces. They, they haven't. Oh, do you, you mean last year? You said last night. Uh,
4: what did I say? You meant last year. Pat Light predicted? No, you're saying that they didn't have enough pieces last year. Oh yeah last night. <laughs> yeah, year. I was like last night they had plenty enough pieces. No, what are you talking pieces. about? Um but no, I They have they, enough pieces. They have Steve. enough pieces, but still but you, you but okay. there's always a but.
2: The, yes, you're you're putting you you have to replace this or replace that, which happens, and maybe it'll happen more than we anticipated two weeks ago. But you have to figure out the Darwins and Hernandez thing. Yes. But you do have Barnes. Here's, here's my locks. Here's my guys who are I'm not concerned you about. You're talking about bullpen locks? Sure. Okay. I, who's here's the guys I'm not concerned about? Barnes so Omura. Mm-hmm. Obviously Whitlock. Whitlock. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> is that – that's and it kind for the a, like a, Let's actually – do of Odovino. I, I, I don't
4: mind Odovino coming in. Let's widen out a little bit. You look at the rotation. Let's okay. say in June,
2: mid-June. Who, who do I feel good about starting? Is it only Erod? It's Erod. I think Ivaldi is going to be pa- what he is. And Pavetta. Despite the pregame hype of of Nathan Ivaldi yeah. today. Yeah. He's going to have I games mean, like this. What dating back to whatever it was? I, September. I'm, had a two I'm, ERA. On, I'm on the Pavetta train.
4: Yes, and I think a lot of people are. There's yeah. no real reason not to be, especially when he's pitched to you as a five starter. He's obviously not a five starter. I think he's proven that so far.
2: So okay, that's three. You have three. Yeah. There you go. And then you have to figure out if, if some of the others don't work out. You get to June, which is your timetable. Yeah, mid June. Tanner Houck. Okay. Mm. Maybe you know, I got like Seabold or something, and then you start. And then, listen, 2018, you need to trade for a starter. It's not like they had five starters yeah. at that point. They had to trade for Nathan Avaldi. So if you can get to that point with four starters and a reasonable facsimile of what you had for the first three weeks here, you're going to be in it. I'm trying to think of if you could have one
4: question answered with this Red Sox team. Ooh, in terms that's, of- like, that's a good one. I felt really good when I thought about it. So let's say by the start of July, if you could have one question answered about this team, what would it be? Because I have a specific one.
2: If, if we were if if we were uh, saying more than people's names on the call call line, I know that would be a great one for people to call. in you can try 779 nine seven ninety three yeah. seven. So if you had one, qu- that's a great question. one question that could be answered right
4: now. One question that could be answered for what this team looks like July one. Let's say July fourth. Let's say the. Uh, the indep- on Independence Day, what is the one thing that you would want answered right now that is going to be the case with this team on July 4th? All
2: right, we're going to answer that. You, I'll let you percolate it a little bit on it, right? Okay, oh, oh we're going to break? Yeah, we're going go to that's break. That's a tease and a half then. Yes, we will go to break on okay, that. Okay, we're going to go to break. The question is, if you have one question that you feel like you need answered by July, July 4th about, by, this, Red Sox about team.
0: this Red Sox team, what would it be? Now back on the Live BP Baseball Show with
3: Brad and Steve
2: on WEEI. All right, we are back. Live BP Baseball Show from Fenway Park. Steve Perrault Section 10 Podcast and Bleacher Report. I'm Rob Bradford. We are fresh off a riveting Red Sox 8-2 loss uh the highlights today i think if we if we're going to do the highlights it would be Fra- not i mean not the highlights well the highlights for the seattle mariners was that they struck out the mighty franchi cordero 3 times and yep. 3 at bats uh, they got to Nathan Avaldi for his, by far, his worst outing of the year. He came in to the, to the game, Steve, yep. and we're going to get to the calls. We figure this out, 617-779-7937. So stop hitting your head against the wall saying, I can't call in to lie BP, <laughs> and now you can do it. 617-779-7937. had one ball all year barreled up against him.
4: By the way, so I was hearing that driving in, uh, listening to the broadcast, heading to – Fenway Park, as again, love the view, Rob. I know I mention this every time, but I love the home series and the Red Sox lose every single time I'm a men- member of the media. I heard the that. Kids,
2: don't go to journalism
3: school. I'm telling
4: you. Just give it up right now. I heard that, and it almost, so that was definitely
2: true. That almost sounded like too good to be true. He
4: Only one person barreled up a ball in the event all one. season?
2: And then the minute that they said that, literally a Everybody guy Everybody barreled guy, the ball yeah, up. Yes. So yeah. And then, I love it. Joe Owen says, and now there's two. <laughs> like literally a minute into the broadcast. The
4: Eovaldi today, five innings, seven hits, uh, four earned runs, one walk. One walk actually is is phenomenal if you're on this uh, Red Sox starting rotation. They have the most walks, the Red Sox, have as a staff in the American League. So Nathan Iavaldi today didn't really have it. Three Ks, uh, hits all over the yard. Obviously, I had mentioned earlier in the program, Alex Verdugo probably could have had that ball in center field. I think, uh, as you had mentioned, Rob, it felt like the first. Oh, Jackie would have had it. Was it. it was have the had first. I think it was the first Jackie would have had it of the year. Um, I know the broadcast was mentioning that they thought they that he lost it in the sun. I think I think he just misplayed kid, the ball. I mean, let's let's be honest. And yeah. I know you don't love Verdugo in center field, but looking at the center field marker right now, the 420 marker. That is a that's got to be tough to play, right? Well, when, who, who cause is he's it? playing mid center?
2: Yeah, it's and not, you can, it's not an easy play. No, yeah, I know, I but so that. no,
4: but I'm I'm saying that to say, I think Verdugo would get better
0: at
2: that if he has more
4: of
0: those sure. experiences. <laughs> sure.
2: and you know what, Francie Cordero might hit a ball too as yeah. he as he practices. Maybe, maybe, but but in we had also Seeger hit a ball that he above that 420 sign, which he basically walked to second base because he was thought it was out. Yeah. A lot of good 420 sign talk Oh, so absolutely. Far. Yeah. Uh, let me. Yes, you. I'm
4: just saying. Seeger was a home run shy of the cycle. He basically had two home runs today. That yeah. Those are gone anywhere else.
2: Okay. But before we go back to the calls, I want to read you the, what Alex Cora said after the game about French Cordero. You ready? Yeah. All right. I'm going to do my best. He's okay. Like, You've got to keep coaching the player and give him confidence. This week he had one big hit against Giolito. I shouldn't have even read that part. I mean, like really. <laughs> he slapped like, a single to left. Going against the G-Lito. other way, so it's not lack of effort. He's working on his craft every day with Timmy and Peter. That would be Timmy Hyers and Peter Fatsy. Uh, alum. Yes. uh he's in a bad stretch right now, but he's a guy we trust and we believe is going to make contact. When he makes contact, good things happen. Well, uh. Well, I mean, we're going to have to take his word for it. Yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier, I believe he's in between, kind of like trying to make contact instead of putting up a good bat. If he does that, he's going to be in a better spot. Now, I do believe that Franchi Cordero can hit a Major League Baseball. I do believe that. But right now, he's about as far away from hitting a Major League Baseball for whatever reason, in between, whatever. 45 at-bats, two extra base hits for Franchi Cordero. So, two. Go to U- this is what's baffling to me. because Saying 200. I I look at this guy and you look at like his swing and and you look at him, obviously his stature and then you go to YouTube and type in Frenchie Cordero's longest home runs and oh, right at the top is a 489 foot <laughs> home run and the guy that we've seen can you even envision that guy hitting a 489 foot home run?
4: No, not at all. That's the thing. Like we've been promised the power with Franchi. We've been promised by the GM of the Kansas City Royals, Dayton Moore, that all he has to do is stay healthy. If if Franchi can stay healthy, then he's going to be a power to be dealt with, and I'm not seeing it. And and Cora, obviously, you gotta, I mean, Alex Cora is always going to back the player. That's partially what he should be doing. That's partially what he's supposed to do. I think behind closed doors, he's probably holding these guys accountable, and in the past, he's held them accountable in public as well. But Franchi Cordero, and I we haven't really talked about that play in left yet. I did want to talk about that with you, Rob. Play in left field, Nick Pavetta has a no-hitter going against the Seattle Mariners, the first game of the series on Thursday. And the Red Sox, after the fact, when Franchi is, what, 250 feet from home plate, were saying that's where he's supposed to be positioned. Now, ball obviously gets over his head. He plays it terribly. He kept going left to right on balls on, on Thursday instead of going back on the ball. Both of those could have been outs if he went back on it. And after the fact, they obviously say he's supposed to be in the right spot. But my question to you, Rob, how is that the right spot for him to be? I understand for the hitter, maybe he hits it there a lot. How is that the right spot for him to be for the situation of the game with the tying run
2: on first? So this is, this is I, on that case, I do not blame Franchi Cordero at all. I mean, he, he's obviously playing we, where they we want to play. We haven't seen anyone play that shallow since Manny. But if, used... it's, if, if it says that's where he's supposed to play, then fine. No, but, but that's so an issue. He to, your, be playing to your that point, show. I agree. This is I said to you, this is the equivalent to me of and I've seen this happen this year where you have the game-winning run at the plate. Yeah. And or the game-winning run on third base and you overload the infield entirely to one side. So you basically you're giving the guy an entire left side of the infield. Yeah. And, and all he has to do find a way to nudge it that way, and you tie the game, or you win the game. And I've seen that more times and more times. And hey, listen, I get it. Hitters aren't adjusting, but to your point, you have to adjust to the time. Like you know, like especially you have the, you have a two run lead, you have a no hitter going. This is the equivalent of guard the lines and play deep late in the yeah. game, isn't yeah. it? Nothing
4: over you, nothing over your head. Make sure worst case scenario make sure you still have the
2: lead after this batter. It, that's what it is. That's worst it, case it, it scenario. It is baseball 101. Yeah. Guard the lines, play deep when you're protecting the lead. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry. I know it was a sixth inning, but I'm sorry. You are protecting the lead at and that point. There is
4: something to be said about Nick Pavetta walking two guys and creating the situation. Obviously, he, he lost his stuff for a little bit there. He creates the situation of a guy on first and second. Without that, that was a close call. He maybe could have got strike three. Without that – uh, maybe the Red Sox win that game, but if if Alex Verdugo in left field, they win that game straight up. That's the like I just Franchi's instincts in left field. He's they've been exposed to me because when you have both of those plays where if you go back on the ball just a little bit, you go back on either of those a little bit. He's probably catching both of them, and that's just the killer because it's like, dude, if you're gonna be below average or average at everything that you're supposed to be either average or be, or or good at or better than average at. And you're just going to crush this team. He hasn't done anything so far that is impressed. Basically, it hasn't impressed either of us. That is, that has impressed most of the fan
2: base. And he's putting himself in no, a position. No, at first, to get sent honestly, at first, I got to be honest. At first, I'm like, oh, he's going the other way with pitches. He's, but that's know. all he does. But but when he yes, that was the, that was the problem. Yeah, is that. You can go the other way with pitches, but every once in a while, I want to see you lace one to right field. Yeah, and, and or actually team. hit a home run. And so we also have to pay off on the tease, which is like the thing that you thought, that what is the thing you, you described? <laughs> I know. I was. I wanted you to try that no, one. No, I could um, do it. I could do it, Steve. I just wanted to defer to if you. If you
4: could have one Red Sox question answered right now about what the team's going to look like on July 4th, what would it be? That's a very. That seems a little more
2: convoluted than what you phrased it before. No, that's exactly So when what you I, get to July 4th. You get a question 4th,
4: answered right what? now about the team, the, the position, whatever you want okay. answered about the July 4th Red Sox right now,
2: what would it be? Okay, okay. Or you could phrase it as on July 4th, what question do you want to make sure it's answered? That's a different question. Is it? Yeah, the, the point of my question
4: <laughs> is what question do you want answered right now that is going to be
2: the case with the Red Sox All right. on July 4th. All right, before we go on, in 617-779-7937, 7- Nate, our social media director, here's your bumper sticker for this week. <laughs> what do you got? 2021 Red Sox, we have questions. We have questions. <laughs> there All right. you go, Nate. All right. So 617 to tie a bow on Francie Cordero's acquisition, You said, as you point out, Dayton Moore, friend of the show. Yes, friend of the program. GM for the Kansas City Royals. Yep. I said this at the time, and I'm going to say it again. One thing to put in the back of your head. Dayton Moore was raised by John Sherholz in Atlanta. John Sherholtz was the master of propping up guys like Franchi Cordero. I, I don't know if you remember this. This might be before you Tam, Andy Marte, uh, the Coco Crisp trade. Yeah, no, it, it does ring a bell. Yeah, but Andy yeah. Marte was the number one prospect in baseball. until mm. so the Red Sox traded for him. They had propped him up till he got to the number one prospect in baseball. Franchi Cordero, you prop him up, you prop him up, you prop him up, and then you know that that's the guy you're trading. I'm sorry, I'm going to draw a link there to what Dayton Moore, like that's what they do and that's what he's doing here. I do think that Andrew Benettoni, this is going to go on a limb, Andrew Benettoni is going to have a better year than Francis Cordero. It's still, I mean, no. to I'll be say fair, it. it's
4: still a real question. We both Chris- said Benettoni is going to be better. Yes. Last week. Yes. So now, obviously, we have three weeks to deal with. We're not just saying. We're geniuses. It, it's, a, it's a little more gutsy if it's before the season. Yeah. But um, I think before the season, I kept saying, you know, Benny's best baseball is not, not in the past. I think he's still going to have uh, some of his better days coming up here. But um, so, so what is the question you want answered by July 4th? Starting pitching. What, what more specifically? Because I have a specific oh, one oh, about oh, starting oh, pitching. Oh, okay. I, I think it's Garrett Richards. That's my question. Oh my goodness! We got this. So I was going to say Garrett Richards, Tanner Helk. Give me an answer. What What is but, the answer by July Fourth with Garrett it, Richards? Are you? I should not. No, it's because it's my question, so uh-huh. that's why you should not. No, uh-huh. I, I was just kind of hoping just we didn't have crossover. Uh-huh. But um, isn't that kind of what everyone wants to yes. know? Like by it's summer.
2: Franchi Cordero. Listen, you can fix that. You're not. Right? And also, let's let's not
4: act like Franchi Cordero is going to be the difference in a postseason no, run. No, so, he, he's hitting eight. Your rotation is going to matter more. Then Franchi Cordero, especially with the Red Sox currently having the highest batting average in Major League
2: Baseball. Uh, okay. I won't take that one. I'll take another one. Yep. You're welcome, Steve Perrault. Yes. I'm Rob Bradford, live BP baseball show. Mm. I'll take Nathan Avaldi, the guy who pitched today. Okay. That's yeah. a good one, that right? That is a good one, yes. I mean, because it's like, yes, we can assume that he's going to be good enough, but how good enough is he going to be? He's got a six ERA his last two starts. But uh, the ERA, you know, that was. That's a mirage. No, a mirage. I, I'm telling you, one right ball barreled part. up until this year. I'll play but, by it, but I, if if because that's a big swing, Steve. That is a huge swing. If you get the Nathan Ivaldi who was up all the way to today, it changes the dynamic. Particularly when you're talking about waiting for Sale, who's coming back July 17th, especially a
4: healthy version. That that's obviously getting Evaldi for. His, what, two ERA dating back to the start of last September. Yes, that's very important. But, of course, with him, you need him to be healthy. If he can stay healthy throughout the year and pitch closer to what he was doing to start this season, then the Red Sox are pretty lucky, honestly. I'll
2: take Nathan Avaldi.
4: Okay, that's fair. So we both have somebody in the starting rotation, yeah, but which that's is exactly what it should be, right? It should be. Yeah, and before the season, that's exactly what it what it would have been. Like, what is Garrett Richards going to be like? He came on this program and said they're sneaky good. Garrett, you got to start getting sneaky good, or else this rotation is going to be a mess, and then the bullpen's going to follow suit. And it's it's you know the Red Sox again. The offense, I'm not worried about the lineup. I don't think either of us is worried about the Red Sox lineup. They're going to have to start bailing out the rotation, bailing out the bullpen. And yes, in theory, they can do that, but you want to have games. Um, you know, like the opposite of today, where you can actually put some runs up on the board, have your starter get comfortable into the 5th, 6th, 7th inning. Red
2: Sox haven't had a lot of that in the last two weeks. alright seven nine seven nine three seven. We got one more segment to go to the top of the hour. I do want to – this is one thing that I do want to talk about with you today, which I, I farted out uh, 400 words on today. Yes. Uh, Xander Bogarts. Yeah, Xander Bogarts. Uh, because I think it's an interesting conversation. Uh, obviously Garrett Whitlock's going to win Cy Young. But, yeah, at this rate, yeah. But is Xander Bogarts, I mean, are we talking about an MVP guy? And is Xander Bogarts appreciated like he should be? No, never. Okay. can we? I, I think we can agree on that at this point. Xander Bogarts
4: is likely never well, going to be appreciated there's, there's to the There's different level
2: levels be. of this. Xander Bogarts, I think, is a very, very interesting conversation, one which we will talk about after this.
0: The Wall Red Sox Talk. Back to the Brad Bo Show with Steve Peralt
2: on EEI. All right, we're back. Live VP baseball show live from Fenway after the Red Sox narrowly lost to the Seattle Mariners <laughs> by a score of 8-2. Uh, Steve Peralt, Section 10 Podcast, Bleacher Report. I'm Rob Bradford for one more segment here. As before the break, Steve, yep. another professional tease, We've been uh, killing Zane, the oh, tease game. Oh, well, although, although you kind of like blurted out, of course Xander Bogarts is underappreciated. Well, you,
4: Sometimes what you do, Rob, is you don't make it seem like a tease, but then all of a sudden it's a tease. It's almost like we need a tease horn or something. And <laughs>
2: it's like, all right,
4: here comes the tease.
2: I know this is going to happen, but anyway. <laughs> it's like a conk? Yeah, it's close enough. Right. Keep uh, it moving. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Xander Bogarts, we can, we can say is underappreciated? How can you say it with no, a high uh, pitch?
4: Well, easily underappreciated.
2: Well, I don't think he's underappreciated in that clubhouse, Steve. Oh, obviously okay. not. He's, he should have that but C in, on his jersey in, in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a whole other show, Cass. I, know, I know. That'll be tomorrow's uh, show. Yes. By the way, we will be back tomorrow. Yes, we will be back. Game.
4: Hopefully, after a better game. I would like to get my first win as a member of the media. We'll I see will. If I will
2: amend that, saying hopefully after a game. Yes. Okay. I just. A, I just want a good, a good, clean baseball game that the Red Sox preferably win. So. Yes, when when it comes to Xander Bogarts, I I mean, outside that clubhouse, is he underappreciated? In the world of baseball, is he underappreciated? And I thought Jason Mastronato had a great stat, which was since the beginning of 2019, that Bogarts has a better OPS than Mookie Betts. That should hit home for you. That That, should scratch where you age. The
4: reason why that stat matters is because the stat doesn't stink. There are some stats that are like (laughs) when the wind is blowing in from the west at 20 miles per hour and it's April, Xander Bogarts is one of the best shortstops in baseball. I like that that stat actually is just boom. OPS. This is something we can all go by. OPS
2: at this point is kind of like the be-all, end-all. Like like OPS and war. Forget about it. It's not, you know, I – I'm not going to wrap my arms around and give OPS plus a hug or, no. or whatever. No, I love
4: OPS because it's like it's so to the point and it sums up exactly how good the guy is, how efficient he is at the plate. So Xander Bogarts, yeah, he's he's underrated, but I think it's not even just at a, a major league level. I I still think in the Boston sports scene, Xander Bogarts is, is... he
2: the face of Boston sports? No, we, we I
4: don't want to go back to that whole discussion, even though I still no, it's still Tatum. Um, but I just don't understand. Why it always constantly feels like, in the grand scheme of things of Boston sports, Xander Bargart is still underrated. Do you think it's because he's just the show up, do the job, go home? He doesn't have much of a presence on
2: social media. That kind of matters now. It's baseball, number one. Yeah. Uh, Number two is that... It's Boston, though. Well... It doesn't. No, no. I'm sorry. We are. There's a reason we're doing. There's a. There's a reason we're doing the show, Steve. Yeah. We're bringing
4: baseball back. Yeah. No, to know, the common but man. the Red Sox fans compared to like the Marlins fans. I
2: mean, there's oh, obviously oh, a passion oh, for it. Oh, here. Okay. Okay. But you can. In the last couple of years, this is, I guess this is what I'm going to be talking about. Last couple of years, you had a team. 2019, the years that he's been really good. He's been better than Mookie Betts, OPS wise. Yeah. 2019, 2020 where they've had stinky teams, and also Mookie Betts was on that team, so every, he was a shiny object even then. Yeah. And J.D. Martins, coming off of that 2018 team, certainly it wasn't like, oh, my good goodness, Xander Bogarts led them to that championship. So they have these two years, and then you factor in the access. I'll still remember when Xander Bogarts, at the beginning of last two year's two-month season, he did an interview with OMF. And Christian Fourier got off the phone, off the interview, and he said, "I had no idea that he was that good of an interview. That he was that thoughtful. That yeah. he had that entertaining. That had that that sort of personality. That he had that sort of honesty. And that's the problem. So I think that if you look at, you think it's on his team, his that he needs more to be more of a public no, figure. No, no,
4: I just think it's it's sort of how the Red Sox have been perceived. I mean, it's like." You no, know, I, nah, I I don't fully agree with I, – I think – All right, part, well, why? He, I, I think he needs – there are certain players, Trevor Bauer is the first one that comes to mind, that are in my face too much. I see too much of them. They're on social media too much. They're doing this. They're doing that. Slow down. Slow your roll. I don't want to say stick to baseball, but know what got you here, and that's being a stud on the field. Xander Bogarts has put in the work. Xander Bogarts has been one of the most important players on this team for the last, what, five, six, seven years.
2: And so what can he do?
4: Like what would I, I
2: Steve Peralt?
4: He uh, needs more of a presence off the field. Do. He needs more of a presence off the field. And I don't know if that's him like hopping on more podcasts, <coughs> section 10, um, but he needs he more it on the section. 10 not podcast? yet. No, he needs more of a presence off the field. And I don't think he's ever really invested that much time into that. And it's not his fault. I mean, Xander endeavors show up and they play ball and they go home. That's kind of their thing. They're not necessarily like Aaron judge in the commercials. And I will all that. say
2: this is that, when we were allowed in the clubhouse, Xander was always great in terms of answering the question very accountable to the, the last question was asked yes, and he doesn 't dodge anything and, and that is that is a rarity he 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 is clearly a leader. if you wanted to put a c on the chest, he would clearly be the guy now, I guess I would ask you this, Steve, like okay, where does it go from here? We know that xander Bogarts we have the stats now, we have the short term track record. We have the long-term track record. Now we have this player. We know that he's the face of the Red Sox, correct? Yes. Okay. I don't think it's really a question. All right, so where does it go from here? Because does it go from, hey, he's just going to keep doing this and we're going to have this perception of him and it's not going to get any better, and then all of a sudden 2022 is going to end and we're going to say, see you later, Xander Bogarts. Jeter Downs, come on in.
4: No, I would hope that Xander Bogarts is here for the long term. I mean, he's already been here for, what, eight years? But I just I think on a national scale... And I'm not saying this needs to be like Xander's team that, you know, pushes. It's, it's a combination of things. I would like Xander Bogarts to be a bigger deal nationally, and I don't know if it's going to happen because of who he is as a person. He's not really an outlandish guy. He, again, shows up, he plays ball, he goes home. And then the All-Star game comes around, and you need him to get into the All-Star game on the final vote, which I think is pathetic. Xander Bogarts, two years ago, I'm pretty sure he won that new award they give out for the all-MLB team so best shortstop in baseball mm-hmm. and right now
3: he's can, in the top I, 3 of best can, shortstops
4: in baseball Can i give you
2: another possible explanation what's up which is the position he plays shortstop obviously there's a lot it's of it's a f- sexy position it's a, well, okay you hit the nail on the head yeah he doesn't
4: play in a sexy way no he he plays he plays efficient baseball a lot of people will call out the fielding i think he's fine in the field uh but he do you think it's because he needs to be more, and I say, quote-unquote, needs to be more like a Tatis? Because he's not going to be that. No. He's not going to get a home run and toss his back to the sky. Xander has a little bit of swagger, but not much. So I'm never going to understand it, why he's not is, a bigger deal. The, than the
2: problem is because at this time, that this is what he's juxtaposed against. In other words, when you had, if you want to go way back, Ripken, but Jeter. Like yeah. Gita didn't play the position in a sexy way, but it wasn't like oh, Gino was and, an enormous and, and you know, deal you know, off the field. Here, here's another one. He had his own. Uh, here's sneakers, another one. You know who else didn't play in a sexy way? No, Mark Garcia Para.
4: Not, what do you, well, I guess to find sexy. Granted, baseball was not as sexy in the night. He
2: played without his shirt on.
4: <laughs> I was going to say, the Sports Illustrated cover, that was sexy. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think Xander always deserves more credit on a national scale. I don't know if he's going to get there when a lot of the focus I, on Tatis Hakuna, nah, all those but guys. I
2: think he will. If he keeps putting up those numbers. It like, it For be- him to
4: overcome, he's going to have to – he has the most hits in baseball. He's going to have to stay in that position. He's and Again, the team's going to have to keep playing at a good rate like they are right now. All right.
2: I think that was a good show, Steve. I think it was a great show. Excellent. And we have I mean, another one tomorrow. I mean, that's why. I mean, the fact is that we have another one tomorrow. You're welcome, everybody. Yes. All right. Thanks to everybody out there. Thanks for hanging on in. That's Steve Peralt, Section 10 Podcast, Bleacher Report. I'm Rob Bradford. We're going to be back with you. Oh, my goodness. How many hours? How many hours till we're back? My goodness. I mean, it's uh, 23. All right. Well, the rain, stay away. Please. Philip Valdez is in pitching, and it's going to be a beautiful day. No Valdez, but there's going to be some rain. That we'll means that our, our show is going to start <laughs> right on time. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Live BB Baseball Show. Thanks to everybody out there. We'll see you tomorrow.